I see Jason Hamilton in front of me this yes. time. How you feeling? I feel good. I feel good. You ready for episode seven? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Subscribe to Mitch Unfiltered on iTunes and everywhere podcasts are found. Throw us a five-star rating if you don't mind. If you're loving the new podcast, join us as a patron at MitchUnfiltered.com and have access to all of our bonus content. Seahawks can clinch a playoff spot on Sunday in San Francisco. Could the Hawks clinch the top wild card and have the option of resting players in the last two weeks? Who you want in the first round? This Jason has already spoken on that. Another Jason will weigh in on that, Jason Lockenfora, and the struggling NFL coaches who are staring down the barrel of a gun right now. And the Huskies' hoops, last real non-conference chance, could be this weekend in Atlantic City against Virginia Tech. So honored and humbled to have the support of three charter sponsors, Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue, Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest, and so very excited to celebrate a brand new Daniels Broiler location on the second floor of the new downtown Hyatt Regency at 8th and Howell. I've heard it is spectacular. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. South Lake Union, Leshy, Bellevue Place, and now the downtown Hyatt Regency, Daniels Broiler, world-class steakhouses. You better not watch, we'll bring a tear to your eye. You might as well pout, cause there's no reason why. Our all-stars are leaving this town. They're grabbing their gloves, packing their bats, bagging awards and fabulous stats. Our all-stars are leaving this town. He'll trade you when you are sleeping. He'll boot you when you're awake. No hitters or 57 saves. Doesn't matter for goodness sakes. You better not watch. We'll bring a tear to your eye. You might as well pout because there's no reason why. Our all-stars are leaving this town. All trade you when you are sleeping they'll boot you when you're awake they'll balk at your current contract one they wanted in the first place you better not watch will bring a tear to your eye might as well pout cause there's no reason why our all stars are leaving town. You better not watch or bring a tear to your eye. Might as well pout, cause there's no reason why. Our all stars are leaving. Big maple, sweet sugar, and the hitting machine are leaving this town.
unfiltered. This Seahawks turnaround is remarkable. Remember, they can't win a preseason game. And then two games into the regular year, we're looking forward to the NFL draft in 2019. And now three months later, we're asking wild card number one or wild card number two. And who would you rather play in the first round of the playoffs? Amazing. Unfiltered. I don't know. It just seems to me that if Jerry DePoto and the Mariners are going to make all these trades look beyond 2019, well, then they can't expect everyone to pay the same ticket prices as they did for an 89-win team in 2018. Mitch is unfiltered. All right, you're back with us I in am. person. I like it much better when you're here me in too. front of me. I do, too. No, you don't. I do. You'd rather be on the phone in no. Portland or in Spokane or wherever you're going. Nope. Where are you going next? Atlantic City? Atlantic City. Yeah? Yeah. You want to tell not, people why you're going to it's Atlantic not, City? It's not an easy trip from Seattle to Atlantic City, I'll, I'll I would tell imagine. you. What do you do, go to Philadelphia? Where there's, do you go? There's two options. Yeah. There's Philadelphia and then drive. Yeah. Right? And then there's Newark and then drive. And uh, I'm actually going to Newark because it's cheaper to fly in and out of Newark than go Philly than out of Newark. Right. Bad, bad, bad flight options. But hey, they're playing Virginia Tech. Yep. Playing Virginia Tech in a big game. and I saw where it. Washington was like the number 16 RPI team in the country. And I stared at it mm -hmm. wondering, okay, is Jen Cohen running the RPI? I mean, how, how in the world is Washington a mean? 16 RPI? They haven't beaten anybody yet. That's Okay, and the throw in the strength of schedule. Throw in the schedule. Yeah, okay. So it's strength of schedule. Oh yeah. So maybe this isn't as dire as the. Uh, well, as now listen. Yeah. We, we can get into this later, but I will say briefly. Yeah. No one in the Pac-12 has done what Washington has done in terms of going to an Auburn, going to a Gonzaga, right? Playing neutral three neutral court games up in Vancouver, and then another neutral court against uh, another top fifteen in Virginia Tech. There's not another schedule that compares in the Pac-12 to what Washington's what Washington's doing. So the RPI or the strength of schedule based on their record and the quality losses, it's legit. It's legit. But don't you have to beat somebody ultimately? I mean, you have to beat somebody. So then, yeah. how? So then, how important is? And I didn't really want to even start here. I was going to start yeah. with the Seahawks, but yeah. but while we're here, let's let's, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Atlantic City, Virginia Tech, Buzz. He's a maniac. Yeah, and <laughs> it's um, fun to watch. And they're in the. It's funny because they're like 13th ranked in both polls. Yep. Yet they their RPI is real low. I don't think they must not have played it. I haven't looked at oh, their, their schedule. schedules. Terrible. All right. So how important is this win? gives you let's do a mathematical equation you win this one mm -hmm. and you can win how many you can get in from the pack 12 i mean obviously it's who you, you, you lose this one yeah and how many do you have to win but what's the difference in what you've got to do in the pack 12 should you win or lose this one atlantic city it's that's a hard thing for me to put a number people are on pissed at you for saying that we got they got to win like would you say four, 14, 14 games yeah people think well, people, games. people were mad long. at people were mad at me because I was saying, and you were saying also, yeah. yeah, they're running out of opportunities to have a signature win, right? Yes, we were both saying that. Yes, and people don't understand how important the November and December games are, especially when your conference is not helping you out at all. Right. So all those games that you're that that are ahead of you, that you know. 
Oregon State and Stanford and Cal, like they don't help you at all. They hurt you if you lose. They don't help you necessarily if you win. So how many are there that help you if you win in the Pac-12? There's Arizona State, Arizona, Oregon. That's it. That's kind of – I mean, UCLA, UCLA. So really there's four teams that you've got to make some hay with. Yeah. And you cannot lose to any of the bad teams. You just simply cannot lose to the bad teams. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sunday, San Francisco. I was stunned by this. Mm. The Seahawks are a four and a half point favorite. You thought it'd be more? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They blew San Francisco out the first time, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to do tail the tape again today. We're going to yep. have Jason Lock and Four on to tell us what he thinks about the Seahawks yep. and who the Seahawks should play in the first round. He's going to disagree with the masses. The masses have spoken on this. I did a little poll on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you about that here in a second. I was stunned, and this this reeks of, and I'm talking about the the odds, Yeah, reeks of trap game. I wonder if Vegas views this as a trap game. They've won four in a row. Right. They played Monday night. It was a physical just a physical yeah. affair at CenturyLink Field. They turn around. They go on the road to San Francisco. San Francisco beat Denver, believe it or not. Right. They came out of the woodworks and beat Denver. The guy threw for 300-something yards. And uh, and uh, just to think that it's four and a half, four and a half, Vegas is essentially telling us, don't be surprised if the Seahawks lose this game in San Francisco. I can't close my yeah. eyes and envision the Seahawks losing this game. Well, I think it, you know, it's part of it is the fact that people thought San Francisco was completely dead. Right. Right. And right. then they, they win a game like they did against, against Denver. So now you just can't throw it out there and say, okay, it's an 11 point advantage for, for Seattle. You've got to, I mean, they are trying to get money on both sides of the, of the fence there. They are. So, they are. But normally, not only are they trying to get money on both sides of the fence, normally they're pretty, Pretty, pretty good at it, yeah. Because we yeah. always find ourselves asking the question, how they do that? How do they know? How did they do? All right, I'll, let's let's uh, let's play a little game. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give you a name. You tell me what the name means to you. Okay. If it means anything. All right. All right. I say the name George Kittle, and you say George Kittle who? Like salesman for IBM. Yeah. Like. Traveling road salesman. Yeah. You have no idea who George Kittle is. I don't. Let me tell you who you're going to learn something in episode number seven. Okay. Okay. George Kittle is the starting tight end of the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. George Kittle is a second year man out of Iowa. Okay. That's who George Kittle is. In the first half against the Broncos, George Kittle had 210 yards receiving as a tight end. In one half against the Broncos, I did see that. I didn't recall okay, his didn't name. Okay, yeah. Okay. Let me let me let me even give you a little bit more information, Andre. And you're saying to yourself, well, "Why does anybody care about George Kittle?" Yeah. You better care. Fantasy about Fantasy players care about oh. George Kittle, and so the Seahawks definitely over there. Yeah. Not far from where we sit right now, they care about. You. If I told you that George Kittle, okay, we've got three games to go, so they've played mm-hmm. thirteen. You mm-hmm. can do that math. If I told you that George Kittle has 69 catches for 1,100 yards as a tight end through 13 games, yeah. you probably wouldn't believe me. I wouldn't. But I wouldn't lie to you. George, a guy that you didn't, you didn't even know his name, okay, no. has 1,100 yards receiving as a tight end with 
What quarterbacks yeah. throwing to him? Nick Mullins? Sure. C.J. Beathard? George Kittle? Okay, and let me put this into even more wow. perspective for you. All right. George Kittle's got 1,100 yards receiving. Their number one wide receiver in terms of yards is a guy who you definitely know. His name is Dante Pettis. Oh, sure. And he's got 363 yards receiving. Okay. Okay, George yeah. Kittle has 1,100. George Kittle's 1,100 as a tight end is 10th in the league amongst Overall. all receivers. Oh, my gosh in the National Football League. The top receiver for the Seahawks in yards is Tyler Lockett, 755. George Kittle, 1,100. George Kittle's getting busy. I just want to mention George Kittle because George Kittle, I think he wears number 85. Mm -hmm. He'll be 85 on your screen on Sunday if you're even – are you going to be back to watch a little of the game maybe? No, no you're not going to um, I might maybe just be record flying, it because flying. we do a podcast yeah, now. Yeah, we yeah. do Mitch Unfiltered. Yeah. And maybe somebody would like you to have seen the game when we do these Hey, episodes. listen, there's probably a lot of people that would like me to know who George Kittle is. And yeah. They're like, uh, clearly J.M. does not watch – NFL, nor does he, and it's pretty obvious I don't play fantasy football. Because, no, you don't. No. You no. probably have never played fantasy never, football. Never, not in my life. And you have just zero interest in it. None. All right. One last note before we, uh, before we get to segment number two of episode number seven. Um, Michael Kendricks, mm -hmm. out for the season. I know. Broken tibia. You know where the tibia is? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, out for the year. No K.J. Wright for now, maybe in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know whether Michael Kendricks is a household name among Seahawks fans. I think most Seahawks fans know who he is. Yeah. Insider trading. I was going gonna say, to say probably for unscrupulous reasons than right. actually playing on the field. The linebacker, I got to tell you, I, I haven't seen a lot of him, just a few yeah. games, and then he was suspended, and then he came back on Monday night. I kind of like Michael Kendricks. Do you? Yeah, I, I like what he brings to the table. Mm -hmm. He brings something to the table. He brings a he brings a, a speed, a quickness, an explosiveness. He had fresh legs the other. I was kind of excited. I gotta admit, yeah, yeah. I was kind of excited for the Michael Kendricks era. <laughs> the era. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and now he's out for the year, so I'm a little bummed by that. Well. I'm just saying I'm a little bummed by the Michael Kendricks injury news of uh whatever it was, Wednesday, mm -hmm. when we found out that Michael Kendricks is gone for the year. And now now it really puts a premium on getting K.J. Wright back. Yep. Now, the nice thing is you're in pretty good shape, and we're going to talk about in our next segment just how good a shape. We're not going to do a full Mr. Postseason, but we're going to clarify sure. what people want to know, the, the nuts and bolts of what's happening, mm -hmm. what are they playing for on Sunday, and so forth. Also, Jason Lockenfora on his thoughts on yeah. what the Seahawks are all about and who the who he thinks they should want to play in the first round. And I, and I got Love a it. hint for you. It's not who, who I want. Who everybody it's not else who wants. I want. It's yeah. not who, who you want yeah. in the first round. And so uh, we've got a lot to do, and we've got the tail of the tape because we want to preview people. We want to play this game on paper between the 49ers mm -hmm. and the Seahawks in our last segment today. Okay, Perfect. are you ready? I am. Let's are do it. Ready? Okay. You know, it's been a couple of years since Land Rover produced the Defender, but it's coming back and really spectacular. The order list is already filling up at Jag Land Rover of Bellevue, but Al and Dimitri have both promised me that listeners of the Mitch Unfiltered podcast go to the front of the line. So we got that going for us, which is nice. Just uh, read a road and track piece on their most highly anticipated 2019 vehicles, and there she is, the Land Rover Defender. 
It will still be an aluminum-bodied truck with off-road chops, but this time it'll ride on the same unibody platform as a Range Rover, says Road & Track Magazine. Can't beat Land Rover of Bellevue. All I've driven in the last 12 years, vehicles I've either leased or owned from this great dealership. The sales squad is incredible without the stress. The service department is the best. Whether you got your car there or not, and a pre-owned selection, by the way, not too shabby. Check them out this holiday season just off of 520 on Northeast 20th Street in Bellevue, Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue. Unfiltered. All right, episode number seven of uh, Mitch Unfiltered. Jason Hamilton is here. Don't forget, available on iTunes, wherever or wherever podcasts. Give me yep. some of the names. Where, where do you listen? Spotify. You, you listen on iTunes. Right? I do listen. On Have iTunes. you rated the show? By the way, you're telling everybody else. I was to give the us first five, first person that rated the show. Did you like write a comment? No. You got to write a comment. No. Hey, Mitch, it was good to see you. It was good to see no, you when we recorded. No, not did. The, it's we did. for all the other people that go on there. <laughs> hey, it's great to hear Mitch and Jay Ham. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. Jay, you should have said that Jay Ham. He sounds yeah. very handsome on the on the whole yeah. thing. You, you didn't do, you, no. you, but you gave us five. You were the yeah, first I was the five first star. five star, yeah. So you practice what you preach. Trendsetter. Yeah. Trendsetter. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that the Seattle Seahawks can clinch a playoff spot this weekend? You know what? There's a guy that I spoke to. You got a guy. I got a guy. He's pretty good, <laughs> that guy. You got a guy. Uh, yes. Uh, the Seahawks are 8-5. and five, mm-hmm. And while we're not going to go full-blown, and I got a laundry list of other things I want to talk to you about that I think you're, you're very much interested in, but uh, I know you're interested in this too. Not a full-blown Mr. Postseason, but here's the deal. Mm. Seahawks with a win in because it's a win over a... NFC team. Right. So they get to yeah. nine and five. They're in. They can lose, and a series of things can happen. They could still get in if Minnesota loses, some other people, Carolina lose. But what you need to know is a win and the Seattle Seahawks are in. So let's go beyond that for a mm-hmm. second. And what I failed, what Mr. Postseason failed to talk about in episode number six, we're going to talk about right here. Okay. Because everybody has been asking the question. What are the chances that the Chiefs, when you go to that game on that Sunday night mm-hmm. in Week 16, will have nothing to play for so that we can play against a team that doesn't care about the game right. and they're playing third stringers and we can we can roll all over them? This is what Seahawks fans have been asking sure. for months. I want to play a Chiefs team that's not going to play Pat Mahomes, right. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. No, we're gonna they're going to play the whoever the backup quarterback. Andy Reid is going to play quarterback. <laughs> Okay. Is there a chance that they'll be playing like their fifth string? They're going to sign guys off of the practice squad yeah. to play so that we can roll them. Yeah. Well, by the way, the chances are fairly decent, although New England would have to cooperate and Kansas City might not be playing. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks may not be playing for anything. That's right. I repeat, the Seahawks may not be playing for anything. Yeah. And, and it's not that not that difficult. Here's the deal. Win the game in San Francisco. If if Minnesota loses either the game that they have this weekend against the Dolphins Mm -hmm. in Minneapolis, or they they lose the following week, because remember, Seattle plays at five and change at night. All they need is a Seahawks victory in San Francisco or Santa Clara, as the case may be, and a Minnesota loss before they tee it up in... In at home against Kansas City, right. and what will happen is the Seahawks will be nine and five. 
they will not be able to win the NFC West because the sure. Rams are, are out in front. Sure. And they will have clinched the number one wild card. They won't be able to drop to the number two wild card. So they're Pete Carroll and his gum. <laughs> they're Pete Carroll and his gum. That Just they getting will, after the it. Two of them. The yeah. gum and Pete Carroll will have a great, a great luxury on their hands. Now, do we want to play everybody for one game? That was my do question. Do we want to play everybody for a half? Do we want to get more people time? Do we want to get people better? What do we want to do? Let me ask you this question. Yes. You answer it first. I know the question. We've asked it all the time. For years we've been asking it. You answer it first. But I'm, uh, I'm saying this. So yeah. now you're, you're, you've won five in a row. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Leading into that. Yeah. You're playing a Kansas City team that – May I think they have a greater chance to have something to play for than than the Seahawks potentially. Right, because I don't think New England's going to cooperate right. to the extent that they need to. But I don't know that for sure because New England plays in Pittsburgh this week. You're hitting on mostly all cylinders with a five-game right. winning streak right. to throw any kind of – You don't of, want to kill the momentum. Yeah. Do you, what I th- do you do? I, well, I don't think it's a black and white issue. Okay. I, I think there's gray. I okay. think – I think, yeah, you try to keep the momentum alive. I don't think you're playing backup quarter, especially the second-to-last game. Mm. I think the second-to-last game against the Chiefs, yeah. if we're just talking yeah, about just the, Chiefs the Chiefs game, game yeah. then I think you want to play all your starters. I think, though, you're shutting down anybody who's like yeah, probable. Yeah, I think I felt question. something. You're, uh, shutting you're, you're, any, you're yeah. I mean, You're taking no chances with yeah. anybody. And anybody who's been a little bit hobbled that would typically play, you want to give them a way to get, get healthy. Sure. So I think that's where the gray, that's the shade of gray. Okay. But I, I, I don't think you're playing backup quarterbacks and backup offensive linemen. I think you're playing to win the game and try to keep everybody in the Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. I think the real interesting conversation and we can have we have plenty of time sure. other episodes to do this yes yes if if the show lasts if this I, i'm thinking about over under 11 um i think the real interesting one is that arizona game on what is it december 30th i mm. think it is that weekend where then it's week 17 you're definitely playing the next week there's no buy now i think there's a lot of room for consideration yeah. as to do we play russell wilson four quarters do we get offensive linemen out of there? Do we right. get right? I think I think you probably, especially if you're playing two of them. Yeah, you're playing two games that don't mean anything. Right. Play the first one out, rest those that are kind of in the middle on the first one, yeah. and then I think the second one. I, I it's a, you know that week goes fast, and I know that there's momentum, but I I don't think I would. I'm not saying. They don't play the game. Sure. I'm just saying, get some people in there and, and rotate some people. I, I definitely wouldn't would not go full full force ahead so you, in that Arizona game. You asked me this. You said you should answer the question first because you okay. knew where I was going. You yes. said that a moment ago. Yeah. And I'll I'll harken back to the Huskies basketball team the other night against Seattle University. Right. Up twenty with twelve and a half minutes to go. Right. There is a natural tendency to think we're just going to win this game. We, you know, we'll just keep – we're going to play out the string here and and win this game. Right. And it's just going to go and it'll be over. Uh, that is the worst kind of mental edge to leave, to not just continue to press down as hard as you can because guys are they, – they, and I understand professional athletics and I understand it's a little bit of a different animal, especially with the physicality of NFL that's football. Going, that's where I'm going next. I knew you were. That's where I'm going next. But you can change your mentality sometimes, and it hurts you in ways you can't really understand. And you think, oh, we can just turn it back I on. You. I hear you, and, yeah. I, and I understand. 
I understand, and I don't want to do that. And I'm not advocating, just so you know, that the Seahawks play all starters in both of those games. I'm just giving you a little bit of the psychology. Well, okay, and you, you know exactly what I'm going to say to yeah. respond, and that is football, college basketball versus NFL football. Oh, not okay. even close. I mean, you've got to, that's got to be a part of the For decision sure. making. That's number one, and number two, I think, I think you know, I think you weigh what the what the what the risks are. Mm-hmm. Okay, on one hand, your risk is. You lose the momentum. You take your foot off the pedal. Then you're never able to get the engine running again. Yeah. And you go out quickly in that first-round game at Dallas or Chicago. Yep. That's the one risk. Yep. The other risk is you lose your quarterback. Oh, yeah. The other risk is you lose your left tackle. Mm-hmm. The other risk is you lose Chris Carson. I mean, Doug Baldwin's probably dying to play. He didn't play on Monday sure. night. I mean, at what point do you say, Doug, I know you're able to play right now, but you know what? Yeah, we're good. You know what? Yeah. Let's take, get some. Take other, another couple of weeks. Just you know. Yeah. You know. You know. Take a couple of Tylenol. Let's let's right. and watch the game. Right. I, I don't know. I, I'm just bringing it up for conversation. It's it's a nice luxury to have. Sure. It'd be nice if you had the buy. Yeah. You didn't have to play that next week. Yeah. But you know that thing happens fast. You go from that Arizona game to that first round playoff game, and it bam. Right. It's on you. Yep. It's playoff football, and it's yeah. on you. And maybe that's a reason for like to you don't keep, keep that continuity. Keep I don't know. I know yeah. we have to. We have time to talk. A couple of laundry list items. Anyway, it, you'll be interested to know. Going back to the odds thing, the Vikings were a seven. Who would you say has a better chance of winning? I probably just gave it away. You think the Dolphins have a better chance of beating the Vikings, or would you say the C, the the 49ers have a better chance of beating? The Seahawks. Seahawks. Did you get that? I, yeah, I would think that the Dolphins have a better chance of beating the Vikings than the 49ers do beating so the Seahawks. Would I. Yes. So would I. Yeah. Dolphins are seven-point underdogs. 49ers are four-and-a-half-point underdogs. Well, is are the Dolphins at Minnesota? Yes, yes. So there's a there's a difference yes, right but there. Do you think – I mean, it just tells you that the, the Vegas people are saying – the 49ers have a much better chance yeah. of beating the Seahawks, even in San Francisco. Yeah. And the Dolphins, I mean, let's not, uh, tail of the tape's coming. And I think we did this a couple weeks ago, yeah. I think, and they've changed a little bit. And I think you're going to be surprised. Oh. I think you're going to be surprised uh-huh. at the tail of the tape. All right. Uh, and I watched that 49ers game against the Broncos, and I'm just going to say George Kittle. George <laughs> Yeah. George Kittle. I'm going to have to tweet that out because people are going to be tweeting me like, you don't know who George Kittle is. <laughs> we'll play the tail of the tape in our last segment. Don't forget that Jason Lock and Four is in our next segment. A uh, couple of other laundry list things. Uh, can we just put this to bed? Okay. You came on episode number six. Uh-oh. I can't, I can't let this rest. Uh-oh. You came I'm on nervous. episode six from Portland uh-huh. telling me that Bobby Wagner hit the center. He did. Okay. But that's not relevant, but he did. He didn't even come close to the center. He did. He didn't even come close to the center. I watched it 15 times today wondering what you were looking at unless you were thinking the guard was the center. He wasn't anywhere in the same area code as the center. You and I are going to watch this together. Okay. I'm going to show you. Either you <laughs> – okay. and that's why I tweeted – one of the, one of these things is right. Right. A, you don't know where the center is in the <laughs> NFL. Yeah, I think I, I know where B, that is. B, you need an eye doctor. Yeah. Max just went to the eye doctor today. Yeah. You need. I can get you an appointment. Thank He'll you. He'll get you right in. That'd be great. Okay. Or C, you had 
a couple of too many vodka tonics right. Right. in Portland yeah. watching this because he wasn't even in the same vicinity okay. of the of the center. Okay. I don't know what you, so I just want you to know. And and by the way, beyond that, mm. I have now I was a little iffy on on the last episode. I'm not iffy anymore. About what? About whether that should have been called. That penalty should have been called. There is no way that penalty should have been called. No way that penalty. Because A, I'm going to show you, he didn't touch the center. And by the way, if he touches the center, it should be called. He didn't touch the center. I'm going to promise you okay. that. You just have to take my word for it on this. You're just wrong. I'm wrong. Which which part? It, he didn't touch the center. Fine. He didn't touch the center. Okay. Did he put his hands? You can put your hands on your teammates if you don't propel yourself upward. That's not That's not what, no. You think there should have been a penalty. Yeah. That, What's come out subsequently about the new rule yeah. this year, Yeah, that is a penalty. He, what the, he did was a penalty. The, Even putting his hands no, on... The, the, okay. Uh, the, All right, so the, we're just going to keep going with this. No, no, no. I mean, you've seen the rule book. It says you have to propel yourself in height. That's what it says mm-hmm. in the NFL rule book, unless I haven't... I don't, I, I, I don't, believe, I don't believe that's correct, sir. Okay. All right, so... So we're just going to keep fighting about no, this. No, we're going to stop fighting about yeah. it. And then I'm going to show you both the rule book. Yeah. And I'm going to show you the video. Mm -hmm. And in segment number four, the last segment, I want you to come on. And if you still believe that I'm I'm all wet on this, I want you. Perfect. I I want you to see it. Great. I want to see it with your eyes. Okay. We'll look together. Um, Next item on the laundry list. Uh, Do you know who Quad Green is? Yes. Can we talk about Quad Green for just a half a second? You you seem to be pretty excited about Quad Green. Well, here's why I'm excited. Because I root for two college basketball teams. Yep. Right? Yeah. One is near and dear, and I bleed the color, sure. orange. Sure, The other one I naturally root for because I'm here. I've yeah. always rooted for Washington, and they happen to have a coach that played, played and coached, coached yeah. with the orange. Yeah. This guy, I just, I think we got to mention it. Quad Green was mm-hmm. a McDonald's All-American. I, I wanted him desperately. He was supposed to go to Syracuse, supposed yeah. to go to Syracuse. But I wanted it desperate. This is last year, a year and a half yeah. ago. And it came down to Kentucky and Syracuse. Yeah. And Syracuse lost him like we always do. We lost him to Kentucky, to Calipari. Mm-hmm. Pulled him right from under our nose. And started as a freshman, 13 games. Averaged 10 or so points per game. Was the starting point guard on a Kentucky team that went to the Sweet 16 last year. McDonald's All-American, five-star recruit, yeah, right? Yeah, Demoted a little bit this year. There's other guys. They want him to play off the ball. Bam. He's quitting. He's reti- he's 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 going somewhere else. He's transferring, mm-hmm. and now everybody in the college basketball world is waiting on where he's going to transfer. And the first thing I saw from Lexington, Kentucky, from somebody who covers Lexington and, and the University of Kentucky, yeah. they they they're making Washington the favorite right out of the gate because of Mike Hopkins's relationship. He and Jerry McNamara. Yeah. Recruited him to Syracuse, and then Hopkins came. He was recruiting him for years, and that he's got a strong relationship with Hopkins. And so I'm thinking, I'm excited about this just to talk about it because I'm thinking he's going to go one of two places: Syracuse or Washington. And I'd like him to go to. I'd like him to wear orange. (laughs) I love that you had the look on your face was. I'd like him to wear orange, but if he doesn't go to the, I mean, I think it would be a five-star point guard, and then they've got this guy. Tell me about – you must know about the guy from Federal Way. I don't know anything about the guy from Federal Way. Jaden – McDaniels. McDaniels. Yeah. He's is, Kevin Durant. Is he Kevin Durant? Oh, he's Kevin Durant. I thought he's Michael Porter Jr. Kind yeah. of Michael Porter Jr. He's Six, Kevin ten, Durant. He's, he's Kevin Durant. He's Kevin Durant. He's – for the people that are listening in right now, 
He's one of the top recruits in the country. Mm-hmm. He's picked by some people to be in 2020, a year, uh, two years from now, to be the number one, two, or three pick in the NBA draft. He's a one and done. Yeah. And he's got four or five schools. San Diego State's in there because I think his, his brother, brother goes, goes there, there yeah. yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But really, it's federal way. It's down to, here we go again, Washington and John Calipari. Now, he played in Brooklyn. This guy played in Brooklyn at a tournament uh, a week or so ago, and Calipari was there in the front row. Oh, yeah. He was shaking hands and kissing babies. And, Calipari. And, and, yeah, and he was all over this. He wants this guy really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And of course, Hopkins wants him. So you've got Quade Green. Uh, you got he's got to figure out where he wants to go. You got McDaniel's. I, I'm I don't know. I'm getting excited for Washington recruiting. Maybe they can pull one or two of these guys. And as you should be excited about Washington, there's some other people in the mix. I you know I'm just saying there's some other big talent people in the mix that Washington is still in on. So that would be a heck of a heck of a little trio Ooh. if you could get one other big time recruit that's out there. The one you just mentioned uh, down in Federal Way and uh, and Green that would be that would be phenomenal. Oh I, I mean I have no insight on that, but yes. I, but yes. uh, that would be phenomenal. Okay, do you um, do you want to hear who Jason Locke and Fora thinks Seahawk fans should want in the first round? I did a Twitter thing, and the last check it was eighty four percent, sixteen percent. 84% of Seahawks fans, and it was in the thousands. Oh, yeah. 80, 84% of Seahawks fans want Dallas. They don't want any part of Chicago and mm-hmm. weather. And I'm just thinking, okay, maybe they're right. But, God, it, to me, it's a, there's a hell of a debate. you got one team that's really hot. I'm not sure the Bears are that that hot. Yeah. you got Trubisky, who's kind of hurt. He's struggling along. Do you believe in Dallas? Do you believe I'm in starting to believe in you Dallas. You believe in Dallas. Well, they're running the tape. They're beating yeah. everybody. Well, they beat I the mean, Saints in New Orleans. Well, that Philly game the other night was was trash. They, they ended up winning in overtime. It was trash. I think uh, – Cooper has made a difference there. Yeah, oh, for sure. I think they're playing – they've just got a lot of momentum. Yep. Now, granted, yes, it would be indoors, on turf, 70, 70 degrees, 72 yeah. degrees, and Chicago – I don't know. I'm not I'm not scared of Dak Prescott. I'm not scared of Dak Prescott. Are you scared of Mitch Trubisky? No, but I, I'm, but I, I guess I would say I am more concerned about Chicago's defense – and I'm concerned about the weather. I'm concerned about what Jason Lockenfora has to say. Okay, we're going to ask him. All right. Let's ask him next. But first, this word from Zeke's, the Northwest's homegrown pizza company, founded at the base of Queen Anne in 1993 by buddies Tom Vile and Doug McClure. Zeke's is rooted in friendship and celebrates the adventurous spirit and natural affinity for craftsmanship that makes the Northwest great. Northwest-style pizza dough with a West Coast sourdough bite. Toppings are full throttle on flavor, creative and different without ever losing respect for the classics. The attention to detail is noticeable. Zeke's dough is made every morning in its kitchen on Finney Ridge, delivered fresh daily to each of the 14 Puget Sound locations. Every pizza is hand-tossed when you order it. All of Zeke's herbs and produce are locally sourced whenever possible, and all are always hand-chopped on-site to emphasize their fresh, natural flavors. If you want to watch a ball game, and enjoy pizza and a craft beer. I'm telling you, Zeke's is the place. That's where my family goes. Or you can order online, too, to have it delivered. Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest. Unfiltered. Let's get 
get Lock and Flora in here. Jason Lock and Flora of CBS joins us. Uh, you've got some Christmas caroling happening in the next couple of nights. Is that right? What's going on? Three, three different Christmas pageants slash concerts at three different schools. So nice. I don't know if that means I need three different flasks or just the one flask for three different churches, but. Yeah, man, it's that time of year. Jingle bells and uh, all that good stuff. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah, how, no, how, it'll be good. It'll g- be good. G- give me an update on the kids. How old are the kids these days? Uh, Chloe is in eighth grade, um, so she will turn fourteen in February. I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, Rocco's in sixth grade. He'll turn twelve in March, and Mateo is in first grade, and he turns seven in October. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're rocking and rolling, man. We got wow. basketball season going on and winter flag football and winter baseball indoor clinics. So, yeah, and I get a little work in occasionally too. Are the kids uh, tired of seeing the Orioles lose yet, or are they okay with that still? Ah, uh, you know, we we like you know we go to a lot of minor league games, so we you know I told them they knew long ago that Manny was going to be gone and this team was going to stink for a while. So we're excited about. Mike Elias, and they actually have a brain trust now. It's not an old, stubborn, fuddy-duddy like Dan Duquette who doesn't know what he's doing and a guy like Buck Showalter who, you know, is kind of stuck in the dark ages. They're at least going to be a smart, forward-thinking organization. So we embrace that around here. It's too bad you're not outspoken about the Orioles. Now, listen, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the Seahawks yep. and the win the other night on Monday yes, night. Uh, it was not pretty. Uh, but it was effective. They've now, they've now won four in a row. I saw you tweeting, praying that there was not going to be overtime. The last thing yeah, you needed. I was ready to go to bed, man. Yeah. The last thing you needed was overtime. So I, I saw a tweet a couple of days or a day or so ago from Chicago, somebody who covers the Bears, that said something like, the Bears better finish in the, th- in the third spot because they want to avoid the Seahawks. It sounds like nobody yeah. wants Russell Wilson and the Seahawks in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it briefly last week. I, I, I like them against Dallas, and I really like them against Chicago. I think they would have fun playing around with Mitch Trubisky. And I think that, yeah, Chicago's got a great defense, but they're going to run the ball 40-odd times, and they're going to break a few big ones, and they're going to stick with it. And Russell's going to do three to five things in the course of an afternoon that only a couple people on the planet can do. And I think um, they know Vic Fangio very well. They're very familiar with his concepts. And I think they would apply to keep it stupid, you know, with the old kiss mentality, right? Keep it simple, stupid, right. and, and, and find a way to win that game. And, and if they get an early lead, maybe win it going away. Because if you have to start chucking it around wow. with Trubisky, wow. I think you'll find out exactly, wow. um, you know, where he is in his development. I think Dallas would be a little bit of a tougher uh, scenario, but I, I still like Seattle there. I mean, look, I know this is – like cliche and passe and whatever else, but I'm, I'm actually working on a column right now. I mean, look what's happening in this league. Teams that are making the playoff run, like teams that are sort of breaking away from the pack or pushing from where they were at the beginning of the year, they're doing it by running the football. You're seeing it right there. I live in Baltimore. Nobody's run the ball more than them the last four weeks, and they've got off the mat in their bye week and now still have a chance to win the division. Tennessee is back in the hunt. They don't have Mariota chucking it around. You know what I mean? They they beat the Sun out of Jacksonville with with Derrick Henry. I mean they I, they know they have to run the ball. I thought this was a passing. I thought this was a passing league, Jason. Everybody I mean, tells me it's a passing. You no, know, it still is. But like you think Minnesota, if they get in, they're going to get in with Cousins, or are they going to get in because they they are able to run the football and are a little more balanced. Teams with an NFL, I'm sorry, teams in the NFL with a hundred yard rusher this year. 
61, 16, and 1. 79%. That ain't a bad way to go. So I just think it's an interesting trend as you look at who gets in in these races, you know, and and who doesn't. Um, I I just think a lot of these wild card teams, I mean, the Eagles were able to make something of their season when they finally could run the ball for a few weeks, and they got this kid Adams going, right? And then they got Sproles was finally healthy for the first time in a year and a half. And all of a sudden, you know, they, they, they got to within striking distance. So I, I think the teams that run the ball best in December, there's still something about that in terms of, you know, who's left at the altar and, and who gets to the dance. So Jason Lockenfor says the Bears are a better match for the Seahawks than the Cowboys. I think most people would disagree here. I think most people are kind of rooting because they saw the Seahawks against the Cowboys in week three. But, uh, you know, either way, I don't think either the Cowboys or the Bears want the Seahawks. Let's let's uh Let's skip over to your neck of the woods. You just mentioned it. This Baltimore-Pittsburgh thing is fascinating, at least to me, Mr. Postseason. Yeah. I mean, you've got you've got the Ravens who had a chance to win uh, in Kansas City, didn't get it done, but only a half game back. You've got a Pittsburgh team that can't get out of its own way, a Patriots team that doesn't know what the hell happened to them on Sunday with the lateral. The, so it's New England and Pittsburgh – uh, New England could fall out of any chance of winning the number one seed overall in the AFC. So that's a huge game. And yeah. the Steelers, if the Steelers don't win the North, they're liable not to make it as a wild card either. So it's kind of yeah, all or nothing for Pittsburgh. Their best bet is yeah. though, they better win the division, and, and they know that in that they know that in that uh, in that front office and in those coaching uh, rooms. You know, they they had a long flight back from Oakland, and their conclusion was we're probably not getting in as a wild card based on tiebreakers and some of our AFC losses. Um, I mean, they didn't just suffer three straight devastating losses. I mean, it was Denver, San Diego, and Oakland. I mean, boom, all of a sudden their conference record is not what it was, and that tie when it comes to tiebreakers for the playoffs isn't isn't going to be all that great. There's a scenario where the Cleveland Browns win the AFC North. And to me, the only outlandish part of that coming true would be the Steelers succumbing to the Bengals in Week 17. Um, I, I still can't see that happening, even if the Steelers lose to New England and New Orleans, and that's obviously possible. But, yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> you know, the most interesting thing, I think, of, of the final three weeks is going to be probably the sixth seed in both, you know, in both conferences and, right. and who secures that. I think we, we, we clearly know five teams in the AFC and five teams in the NFC that are in. We may not know the order, but we know they're in. Um, and, look, most of these teams that get in at the six, we're talking about – whether it's Miami or Baltimore or, you know what I mean? They're going the out Browns early. They're probably going out they're early. flawed yeah, teams, yeah. you know what I mean? They're very yeah. flawed teams. Yeah. And whether it's the Panthers or, I mean, the Skins are still alive, you know, or the Eagles or the Vikings or even the Packers, whoever backs into that thing, you know, is not a very good football team. But, hey, last year Tennessee and Buffalo got in. So, so you never know, but uh, it could be short-lived, you know, it could be short lives in the postseason. So Jason Lockenfor is here with us. Um, how about the Rams after the Sunday night game? You know, the Rams' defense wasn't the issue on Sunday night against the Bears. It was their offense. But typically, you watch the Rams play, and you see a lot of big superstar names on that defense, and yet you see them surrender chunks and chunks of yardage yeah. and lots and lots of points. Um, I think they're going to end up with the number one seed just because they have an easier schedule than New Orleans on the way in, and they're tied. New Orleans has got Carolina twice and I think Pittsburgh in the middle. Uh, how 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 wor- how much how much worried how worried are you for the Rams at this point or are you not worried for the Rams? 
Uh, I mean, you know, I think they're going to get a bye and they're going to be able to play at least one game in nice weather. The dirty little secret about the, the Rams is, and I pointed this out in some of the stuff I wrote last week, I talked to somebody who had advanced them, and they're like, go look at their travel miles. Like, they, they rarely have to play outside their time zone, you know, or the mountain time zone. And even one of the games that was going to be travel involved to Azteca ended up being in their backyard. You know, golf hasn't played a lot of cold weather games. And um, it's a little different in December, you know, in, in you know, uh, Chicago or, I mean, well, it's probably Dallas out of the east, so that's a dome. It doesn't matter. But, like, if they had to, whatever, go to Philadelphia or something like that, um, that's a bit of an, of an unknown. Um, but they're going to get one of the top two seeds. And if they go anywhere, it's probably New Orleans, which is a dome. So I don't discount their chances. Um, we'll see about Tlaib. You know, he's still getting his sea legs under him, and can he be a difference maker on the back end down the stretch? Um, I don't. I mean, look, if they win, it's because they're scoring 35-plus points. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, their defenses of Aaron Donald can affect, you know, three drives at the point of a game where he either forces a guy off the spot at third down or gets a sack or gets his hands on a ball. You know, their equation is that's enough for us um, on the other side to still get our 35 and win that way. Um if they can't do that, uh, then they're in trouble. They're they're not a great defensive team. Jason, before you go, how many uh, how many coaches on Black Monday this year? Is this going to be a busy Ooh. busy Black Monday yeah. or in relative terms? Well, we've got two already, you know, and I think there'll be at least another five to seven who are at least in danger of being let go, if not Black Monday, you know, some point um, the first week of the season. Who are they? And, and it could be the playoffs as well. I mean, remember, Mike Malarkey made the playoffs last year. Um, won a game at Kansas City, and then got and whacked. still got let go because yeah. they just weren't convinced that he's the guy to get us over the top. So it's not all going to play out immediately. Um, but I mean, look, Baltimore and Carolina. Um, I, I think Ron Rivera is more is is very likely to be replaced. And I, if if the Ravens don't step up and give John Harbaugh fifty million dollars guaranteed, then they're going to have difficulty having him come back for a lame duck year. Um, I think Vance Joseph in Denver is in a lot of trouble. Uh, Dirk Cutter, um, based on what I'm hearing right now, won't be back in Tampa. Todd Bowles won't be back with the Jets. I would be very surprised if Steve Wilkes is back in Arizona. Cincinnati, I mean, all the empirical evidence will say you have to fire this guy, but it's Mike Brown, and, the, you know, they're, they're a little bit different, and, and, and they do their own thing. Um, I think Jacksonville, there has to – I can't imagine there's not a change there. The question is, does Tom Coughlin – come down and coach it himself, you know, and then we'll, you know, we'll see about a couple other ones, but there's, there, yeah, it'll be active. Where does Harbaugh land, if not Baltimore, for all that money? Who will be first in line to sign him? Well, there'll be plenty of teams that want to sign him. I mean, there'll be a three- or four-way tie um, in terms of who's out there with the contracts dangling, knowing um, he's interviewing us, we're not interviewing him. Uh, if Carolina opens, and again, I expect it to, I, I think that is certainly one that would appeal to him. Um, I think Green Bay and Cleveland would obviously have natural appeal as well. I don't think Green Bay is hiring a guy who comes in with 100-plus wins and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a known way of doing things and uh, a, a Lombardi trophy of his own. I don't think they'd go that route. Um, I don't think that's what Mark Murphy's looking for. Um, if he is, then Harbaugh would be a natural fit. You know, Cleveland, he's got ties to John Dorsey. He knows the division inside out. Working for the Haslams would give him some pauls. Um, and then the Jets, it, it's probably it, it's not as good of a job, <clears throat> but I expect the Jets to 
push as hard for him as they did for Kirk Cousins. Doesn't mean they're going to win that race in the end, but they're going to try. Thank you, Jason. Enjoy the Christmas caroling and enjoy the concerts with all the kids. Great stuff. I appreciate it very much. Thanks, buddy. I will. We'll, we'll catch up with you next week. There he is, Jason Lockenfora, the NFL on CBS. Huge news from Daniels Broiler. Daniels' brand new location at the new downtown Hyatt Regency is now open. While world-class hospitality makes each Daniels special, the new location is truly unique. This new downtown Daniels now open breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. That's right. If you live or work downtown, planning an evening downtown, or visiting Seattle, you now have a world-class choice for prime steaks and seafood. Their new location on the second floor of the new downtown Hyatt Regency at 8th and Howell. You make your reservations today for this world-class addition to the Daniels family. Locally owned by the Schwartz family, located at South Lake Union, Leshy Marina, Bellevue Place, and now the new downtown Hyatt Regency, Daniels Broiler, world-class steakhouses. Unfiltered. Jason Lock and Fora, Jason Hamilton, a lot of Jasons today. On episode number seven, don't forget everywhere where podcasts are found, including iTunes, subscribe to us. And now I'm getting the hang of why people want to subscribe. And that is because we want people to subscribe because they get delivered these these podcasts. They don't have to go looking for them. As soon as a Correct. podcast, as soon as we do a new episode, it comes to their phone and it says, a new Mitch Unfiltered is available right now. Click here, right? And that's Absolutely. what we want because that that allows people to listen more freely and not have to wait for my tweet that says, hey, there's a new podcast yeah. available. So we yeah. want people to subscribe. And if they get a chance to rate us on a scale, do all of the platforms have ratings or is that just an iTunes thing, the ratings thing? That is you a don't know. good question because I'm yeah. an iTunes guy. I'm, yes. you know, So I, I guess I would need to be be open to looking at Spotify and others to, to understand how they do it. Did you know that for 10 seconds – we were number one in sports podcasts in the in the world. Yes, in the world. Yes, on iTunes. I yes, guess. On I iTunes. guess of of iTunes podcasts of podcasts that live. I saw it. and breathe. I have the picture. I, I screenshotted it because myself it, because nine seconds later we were like forty <laughs> second. We were like forty second, but but I had I, I I have it. I yeah. have it for I have it here forever and ever and ever. And Eternity. I just I'm just going to show it to people. I'm just like, walk around number with one. It on my forehead. Yeah, number one, and then like. And then I yeah. picked, and then I have it from literally nine seconds later, we were like 70, 73rd. Well, you know. Yeah. We would dropped right it's out. Hard. The, it's hard. Okay. It's hard. You would, so Jason Lock and Forrest says Chicago. Chicago. Mm-hmm. Everybody else says Dallas. I'm, I'm a little, I want to see how this thing plays out in the next couple of weeks with Chicago and Dallas. But, yep. I, you know, I look at Chicago and they are so good defensively. And I go, I know the snow could happen and the field, whatever. And they might shut down the, the, the running game of the Seahawks. But boy, their offense, the difference between 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 um, Ezekiel Elliott, yep, Zeke as we like as mm. I call him, oh yeah, we're buddies, We're friends, yeah, Zeke Elliott and Cooper and just that offensive line and their offense versus the Bears' offense. Yeah, I don't know, night and day. I don't know. I'm still on Dallas. You're still on Dallas. Yeah. Now we now, also we also looked at the. Oh, you want to say? Go well, ahead. I was going to say. I think there's also 
another round that plays into this. Who's number one and who's number two? Do you want to play L.A.? I don't think that matters, Jason. Okay. Because Mr. Postseason would tell you the only way that comes into play is, is if, if both, both wild cards, seeds. both wild cards have to win. Mm-hmm. If you just assume that whoever is slipping in as number six, like Minnesota or whoever that is, probably Minnesota, if you just assume that they're going to lose in the first round, then at five, you're going to play the one seed anyway. Sure. Because it's reseeded yep. based on who yep. wins, as no, opposed to the it. NBA, right. yep. where I don't think it's like that. It's right. actually start you yeah, start you off play, with it. Yeah. So I don't know that that's going to matter. Now, the neat somebody asked me this: Wouldn't this be un- well? We we talked about in our last episode how many things have fallen the Seahawks' oh, way. Ridiculous. So somebody has concluded that things have fallen so well for the Seahawks, like one in a million, mm-hmm. that the five and the six. Are going to both win. win both, and the Seahawks <laughs> are going to host the game. We're going to host right here. Oh. Century Link is going to host the NFC Championship game when five plays the six. New Orleans is out. Uh, the Rams are out. Mm-hmm. Chicago's out. Yep. Whoever wins the East, Dallas is out. I guess I said Dallas, and it's going to be like the Seahawks against Unreal. the Vikings again for the uh, for the <laughs> NFC Championship game right here in Seattle. Uh, okay. All right, so you you still think it was a penalty, which is fine, but did I at least get you off of when I showed you the video yeah, that he didn't I mean, touch this? There's yeah, no way. There's Unless, no, he's three. He's two two slots down from the area. Yeah, okay. absolutely different. So I don't know who, whatever. But you still think because you saw from – and I love Pereira. You mentioned that yeah. to me off the air. Yeah, he's, Mike Pereira basically what? tweeted and said, new rule, right? Lots of talk about the Wagner block. The wording of in the rule book is new this year and is clear. The new wording states – quote, may not place a hand or hands on a teammate or opponent in attempt to jump through a gap to block an opponent's kick or okay. an apparent kick. Now that's a different that's different no, than what I read. No, 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 no. Oh. But then I kept I kept reading because I thought this was was interesting. Somebody followed that up and said it also includes the words to gain additional height which is uh, what you said and what Bobby Wagner did not do. He basically just kind of leapfrogged. And I thought, obviously, from sitting across the way where I was watching the game, that he was he was lined up above center. You, you clearly showed that he was not lined up above yeah, center. Yeah, he was closer to the sideline yeah. than center. <laughs> um, but, but, okay, okay. Okay, so I'll go I'll, – I'll dance with you on that. Here, here's, here's all I'm saying. Here's all I'm saying, and, and maybe this doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. All I'm – I have concluded this. Bobby Wagner, A, did not touch the center. Correct. B, that Bobby Wagner did, in fact, touch two of his teammates. Correct. Okay. C, he even, with his hands, touched two of his... Correct. But D, I am convinced after watching it a billion times, that he touched them so late after the jump. It wasn't like... If you're going to propel yourself upwards you're gonna get you're gonna touch you're gonna touch their shoulder you're gonna put your hands on their shoulders early in the jump and propel yourself he touched them almost to brace his fall as opposed to go up now if you're telling me all that now mitch doesn't matter it's still a penalty i'll go with you that it's a penalty those are my conclusions he did not touch the center and he did not use his teammates for leverage Leverage. to go higher yeah i am 100 percent certain of those things mm-hmm. if that's still if Pereira were across from me right now instead of Hamilton yeah. and he would say Mitch it's still a penalty by virtue of the rule then okay then yeah. it's a penalty and that's the only reason that why I said okay. because no, I was oh li- you said he touched the scent whatever that yeah, yeah. He t- <laughs> listen listen his foot touched whatever that would be the right guard or yeah. however it was so the, it was so bunched up over there right. whether the right guard right tackle however right. it was his foot did touch a 
um, an opposing team's player. Okay, now, whether did, yeah. whether or not that Constitutes. is relevant or not. Yeah, I don't know whether it is or isn't. I do know this, that the center's off limits. They made him off limits a couple of years ago. Yeah, you yeah, cannot yeah. go anywhere yeah. near the center. Well, you yeah. can go near him, but you can't touch can't him. Touch him. Can't yeah. touch him. You ready for the tale of the tape? Let's do it. Are you going uh, to keep track? Um, sort of. Can you put your phone down for like half a second? I was and reading you the Mike Prayer thing. Get off my you back. You were also reading texts. Well, Anybody interesting text you? No. Because no one could be listening to us right now like the old days. No. They could be listening to us like in the old days when we were in the studio. They could yeah. be listening and texting you. They can't be listening to Speaking us. Speaking right of which, now. when are we going to do a, a a snippet of like a Facebook Live where we we record ourselves doing the podcast and we tweet that out? Are you ready for Tale of the Tape? Yes. <laughs> That's my answer to that. Okay. My answer to your question is, just are to you move ready on. for the Tale of the Tape? just to move on. Are you ready? You gonna I'm keep track? Ready. Do you need a pen and a piece of paper? Or I don't know what, what you got over time? here. You don't need it. Just do it by head. Okay. By your head. All right. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, we take eight statistical categories and we compare the San Francisco offense to not the Seattle offense, to but to the Seattle defense, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. We play the game on paper. There are some intangibles like turnovers at the end that we'll throw into the mix. But I think you're gonna be surprised with the tail. Of the tape, how dramatic was that? That was really good. All right, we're gonna. You, you tell me. You want to start with San Francisco's offense against Seattle's defense, or Seattle's offense against San Francisco's? Anything you want. Seattle's. Because this is your world. Excuse me. San Francisco's offense against uh, against Seattle's defense. Okay. Yeah. Points per game. San Francisco's offense: twenty-one point two points per game, twenty-fourth best in the National Football League. Seattle's defense allows twenty point five, sixth best in the National Football League. Advantage. Hawks. Bell. Bell. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Bell. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want the bell? You want to do it? No. Okay. Um, yards per game. The San Francisco offense gains 365, 14th in the National Football good. League. Everybody middle thinks of the, the San Francisco mm-hmm. offense with no quarterbacks, no offense. 14th in the middle. The Seattle defense gives up 360. That's 18th best in the National Football League. Advantage? San Francisco. I'm not going to ring the bell. Don't do it. Okay. It's not for them. First downs. San Francisco's offense. 22.1 first downs a game, 10th best in the National oh. Football League. Oh. The Seattle defense, first downs, 20.7 a game. They allow 18th best in the National Football League. Advantage? Niners, two, two to one. You got it. You two didn't even need one. a piece of paper uh, and a pen for that. Yeah. Third down percentage. The 49ers, 38% on offense, converting mm-hmm. thirds to first. Mm-hmm. The Seattle defense. 36% they allow. That's fifth best in the National Football League. Advantage? Hawks. Two up. $4.99. Um, <laughs> rushing yards per attempt. Okay. The San Francisco offense, their guy now name is, I think his name is Wilson. They've gone through like two or three running backs. A lot of, a lot of injuries to the running backs. They, uh, they average 4.5 yards per carry. That's 13th best that's in the good. National Football League. The Seahawks allow 5.0 yards per carry, 29th best or fourth worst in the National yeah. Football League advantage. Niners. Score? 3-2. Three 3-2. To two. Three to two. Yeah. Passing yards per attempt. San Francisco. This is the, the, this is the quarterback combo of Mullins, Mullins. and Beathard. Mm-hmm. 8.0 yards per attempt. Really? Eighth Best in the National Football League. Do you League. know why? I was going to ask George you. Kittle. George Kittle. <laughs> <laughs> George Kittle. 
George Kittle. Yeah. You know what? Every every show that I go to publish these things, yeah. they ask me for yeah, a description, a, ti- a title. Yeah. I think I'm just going to call this George Kittle on one. Why not? Can I do that? Absolutely. All right. Uh, eighth best in the National Football League, the Seattle Seahawks defense allows 7.7 yards per attempt, 21st in the National Football League advantage. San Francisco. Score? 4-2 to two, San Francisco. That's their offense against the Seahawks defense. Mm-hmm. Quarterback rating. Bethard and Mullins. This is not going to be close. 88.2, 23rd best in the National Football League. The Seahawks hold opposing quarterbacks to a 93.9, 16th best in the National Football League advantage. You're looking at me with a blank eye. Hawks. And finally, so score? 4-3, San Francisco. sacks. You know I love sacks. Mm-hmm. The San Francisco offense, quarterbacks have been sacked 41 times. That's 26th. Mm-hmm. So that's seventh worst. That's worst, yeah. The Seahawks defense, Frank Clark and company. By the way, Frank Clark says, this is my team now. Did you read that? Yeah, I did. I, I think Bobby Screw Wagner. Richard Sherman. This well, is my I think, team now. I think now. Bobby Wagner might have a little to say about that. 31 sacks for the Seahawks, 21st best in the National Football League. San Francisco was 26th best yeah, in, in Hawks. protecting. Four to four. Okay. Four to four. One team's going to the playoffs and one team's going to the draft, and mm-hmm. it's four to four. Mm-hmm. Now we got to flip it around. Okay. All right. Can I say something? Yeah. At least in this portion of Tale of the Tape, yeah. there's a reason now why Vegas has only the Seahawks as a four and a half point favorite. So far. So far. Yeah. So let's hear the okay. second half of let's said tape. Let's do that. Seattle's offense versus San Francisco's defense. Mm-hmm. Points per game. The Seahawks average 26.2, ninth best in the National Football League. The defense of San Francisco gives up 26.9, 27th in the NFL. Hawks. Yards. Seattle's offense, 347 a game, 22nd. Mm-hmm. San Francisco's defense holds teams to 343, 10th best. Niners. 1-1. One, one. Mm-hmm. First downs. Seattle's offense, 20 a game, 20.3 a game, 18th okay. in the National Football League. San Francisco's defense gives up 20.8, 22nd best in the National Football League advantage. Hawks, barely. Third down percentage. The Seattle offense, 38%, 21st best in the National Football League. San Francisco's defense holds teams to 37% third down conversions, 8th best. In the National Football League. Advantage? Niners. Two to two. Two to two. Mm-hmm. Rushing yards per attempt. Okay. Seattle with all of their yards. Now, they're number one in the league in yards per game, but I like to look at yards per attempt because it's unfair to compare a team that runs it 50 times a game to a team that runs it 25 times a game. So I want to know yards per attempt, and that is 4.7 for the Seahawks per attempt. Okay. Eighth best in the National Still Football good. League. Very good. San Francisco defense pretty tight against the run. 4.1 yards per carry, 10th best. Still Hawks, 3 to 2. Passing yards per attempt, Russell Wilson 8.1 an attempt, 7th best. San Francisco holds opposing quarterbacks to 7.2 per attempt, 10th best in the National Football League. Hawks, quarterback rating. Mm-hmm. Remember this one right here. Russell Wilson's in a 111 rated quarterback. 4th best. The San Francisco defense holds opposing teams to 102.1 
That's 28th or 5th worst in the NFL. Advantage, Hawks. Who's going to have a big game on Russell Sunday? Russell Wilson. Who's your buddy? <laughs> Who's your pal? Okay. And sacks. Uh-oh. The Seattle offense has given up 39. That's 24th best, ninth worst in the National Football League. The 49ers defense has compiled 33 sacks. That's 18th best in the National Football League. Advantage? Niners. There you go. All right, so 5-3 on that half and 4-4 four, four on the first half. All right, so nine edge. So 9-7. Nine, 9-7. Seven. Nine, seven. It's not as resounding. 9-7. Yeah. Now let me throw two last things at you. Okay. Can I just talk to you about turnover ratio? You know, Pete Carroll says we're going to protect the ball and we're going to take the ball. Mm-hmm. They are a plus 11. It's a big number. At second best in the National yeah. Football League. The San Francisco 49ers are minus 21. No way. Minus 21 in turnovers. Dead. I want to say the F word, but I can't get my... I know I'm allowed, <laughs> but I can't get myself to say it. Dead fudging last. Yeah. I have a, a dear friend who every time he says fudgin, I think he's going to say it, but he never, never says it. Dead fudgin last, minus 21 in the turnover ratio. So what you're saying is Russell Wilson's going to have a big game yes. and the Hawks defense is going to have some yes. takeaways. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And you're also saying that that four and a half is not right. <sighs> but they know better than me, and yeah. it scares me. When mm. I see a number like that, that scares me. I would have thought – with the momentum of the Seahawks and what happened the first time these two teams played just two weeks ago. Right. It wasn't like at the beginning of the season. Right, right. They won by 20-something. Yeah, convincing. Yeah. I saw four. Now, maybe by the time people listen to this episode, they're going to see five and a half, six. You know, it moves. So sure. I can't – I can't uh, – yeah, I can't, can't predict where it's going to end. Right. But, but at the time of this taping, of this recording, mm-hmm. they don't tape anymore. We don't re- – we record podcasts, not tape them. There's no tape. I wish there was tape. Um, four and a half seemed like a very small number to me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. My thanks to uh, all the sponsors. You must have something to say before you go to Atlantic City. You got anything for me? Do you actually? I should. I should be asking. Asking you. What? Do you? Do you have? I just gave you everything I got. Do you have any good Atlantic City? Like, have you? Have you been to Atlantic City? Many times, but not in a a million years. Okay. What I always found cool about Atlantic City. Have you ever been to Atlantic City? I've not. Okay. What I always found cool about Atlantic City is you know that Monopoly, (laughs) Boardwalk, the roads Uh are. Atlantic City. They're taken from Atlantic. They're actual Atlantic City streets. Mediterranean Ave. You're going to see all. Okay. You're going to be dry, if you do, and you probably don't want to get it. Where, where is the game, by the way? I don't even know. You're staying on the boardwalk. Yeah, it's, it's not it's like Vegas. Different. I hope you don't think you're going to Vegas. It's not like Vegas at all. Is it like Reno? It's like Vegas minus a million. <laughs> Believe me, it's it's not even. It's nothing like Vegas. Yeah. There's. I mean, you just don't. You don't want to go one street off of. The boardwalk, at least when I was there a million years ago. Maybe it's built up by now. Yeah. But I always thought it was cool. You'd see Vermont Avenue or you know uh, Park Place. And you sure. see all that. it's 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 uh, it's, 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 it's monopoly. There's a, a there's a tidbit you didn't know. Thank you. There's a tidbit that you didn't know. Um, do you have anything? I I had a couple of other things that we didn't mention, but I don't know that you're going to find them all that interesting. Bring it. The Duke freshman Zion Williams Williams the freshmen. Yeah, R.J. Oh, yeah. Barrett, yeah. this guy Cam Reddish. Reddish. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one, two, and four 
In the mocks? In the mocks. One one college basket. How obscene. There should be like, it, they should shut it down. Why? It's just. You still have to play the game. And they're not even going to win the national. Cha- I don't even know that they're going to win the national. That's what I'm saying. So just because they but have. How about that? Super talented. They may have. I don't know. I don't know what the record is, but they may have the numbers one, two and three. And it's all said and done. It may be Duke, Duke and Duke yeah. coming off the board in June in the NBA draft. So I had that. And uh, how would you like to pay your backup quarterback twenty four point seven million dollars? Jolton Joe Flacco that is, insane. is now the official backup, yeah. and his cap number is $24,750,000. That's what he counts against a cap. Now, he gets, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's based on signing bonus, whatever. But that's what oh. they demoted. They demoted a $24.7 million cap number. He's playing backup. To a Lamar Jackson, to a to a Lamar to a, a Heisman Trophy winner, right? Yeah. He won a couple yeah. of years ago. Running quarterback. That's it. The Joe Flacco era in Baltimore is over. Done. As is episode seven. I've had enough. Bye bye. In fact, I'm thinking maybe we just not have one for a few weeks. Well, guess what? I need to take a break. Um, you know, I've got some travel coming up again, so I know I don't know that I'm going to be with you, but you can be on the phone. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Episode number seven. My thanks again. Do we need? Do you want to say something to close it out? People are still asking me. How do you want to close? I'm using. You know, I'm using some music. Is there some sort of a catchphrase? Ring the What's- bell, Mitch. Ring the bell. That's it. That's it. All right. I'll try it. Let's see if you like this. Yeah. My thanks to our charter sponsors because without them, it's not possible. Mm-hmm. All right. Daniel's Broiler, Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue, and Zeke's Pizza. 